Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. So today we are welcoming back our first repeat guest. We have Michelle Myers on, and Michelle, I'm so excited to talk to you about just work and business and prayer. Yes. Oh my, I am so honored that I'm the first repeat (laughs) guest. You got a lot of wisdom to share, so we're happy to have you. And yeah, when, obviously when we when I think of just business and just doing it in a way that honors God, I think of you. I think of um, not just She Works His Way, which you'll tell mm-hmm. people about in a second, but also your first book, um, Famous in Heaven and at Home, and just the idea oh. of um, that book had, was so impactful for me, and you already know that, but um yeah, I'm just glad to have your wisdom on this. So tell everybody um, who who you are, your family, and what you do. Yes. Okay. So I'm Michelle. I live in Asheville, North Carolina with my husband, James, and our three kids that are 11, 8, and almost 6. So um, we are in full-time ministry. My husband is the discipleship pastor at Biltmore Church. And I love the local church wholeheartedly, believe that it is God's plan A for gospel community, Mm -hmm. love being involved in what he is doing in our local Little C Church and the Big C Church of all believers. And then I also am part of a nonprofit discipleship organization called She Works His Way, which exists to equip and to resource women to be disciple-making disciples. And so I love the work that we get to do there to encourage women to see their work as more than using their skill or even using a gift that God has given them, but to recognize that work is a mission field and it is an opportunity that we have to build relationships with other people where we already have something in common, the work that we're doing or the goal that we're working toward. And when you have a common goal and you get to be in proximity with people Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and you get to build that relationship. It is such an easy way to be able to build trust and to be able to have gospel centered conversations with people who don't know the Lord, to be able to talk to them about what God has done and about his plan that he has for their life. And so our work is truly something so much bigger than merely using our skill, it is truly an opportunity to get in other people's lives and to point them to the God who created them. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, and I just love how passionate you are about it. Like it is not, it is not a job for you to do this, you know, like no. it is so much more you're, you're living out exactly what you just said. So, mm-hmm. um, I love it, but I, I would love to start by just asking about your, what your prayer routine looks like right now. Mm -hmm. And I know we heard that on your, um, your other episode, but I'm sure, I'm sure something's changed. Absolutely. Well, it's summer right now. I don't know when this is going to air, but right now it's summer. And so summer is a little bit different for me because my kids are home and this summer is even a little bit unique 
to past summers because in past summers, I've gotten up even earlier in the morning than I usually do in the school year, just because my kids are home. And so I'm trying to get more done in the morning before they're awake so that I can have maximum time with them. But I really felt like God was challenging me and surrender to him this summer looks like not setting an alarm clock. And so the the quiet hours of the day that I have are very minimal because Mm -hmm. usually when I wake up, my kids are awake or they're going to wake up very soon. And so for me right now, it looks like a short prayer, like first thing in the morning. And then the, I'm trying to develop the habit of praying with God as I go about my day. And so I love in Nehemiah, you see in like Nehemiah one and two, when he goes before the king, you can actually see him mid conversation with the king, praying to God, like in the middle of this Mm -hmm. conversation. And so I've, I'm trying to develop that kind of a prayer rhythm where in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a task, in the middle of something like the grocery store, interacting with a neighbor or whatever it may be, praying and asking God, like, Hey, what do you, what, what can I do here to serve you? And what is, I need you to be with me. God speak through me right now. Jesus help me. Like not necessarily these long drawn out prayers, but just getting in the habit of praying as a way of recognizing God's presence, that he is there and he is with us and he can speak to us and will use us. And so that's probably the rhythm that I'm trying to develop right now. And then when there are things that I feel like need like really focused prayer, then usually I'm either going to try to go for a walk. I'm going to go try to sit by the Creek that's in our backyard or right now, because it's summer, my absolute favorite place to pray is on the paddleboard (laughs) because it's, I love water. There's something Mm -hmm. about water that just really makes me aware of God's presence. And when you're on a paddleboard, there's either noise around you from other boats and it really doesn't matter if, so I just, I can pray out loud and I can hear what I'm saying to God and I'm looking at his beautiful creation. And so those are like my, my rhythms now. Um, but if there is something that I'm like wrestling with, Uh, I think you and I have this in common, and it's one of the reasons why I started using your prayer journals so many years ago and still love mine today is that I, it's almost like my hand when I'm writing is more honest than my mouth is. It's almost like I have a little bit more of a filter from my brain to my mouth. And so I can say things out loud in a way that will make it sound better. But when I'm writing it down, I'm just more honest. And so if I'm really processing and wrestling with God through something, then I need to write it out and I need to journal. And then when I look back at what I've written, then I can see, oh, (laughs) well, that actually reveals some sin in my heart and some things that I need to deal with. And maybe this isn't so much about the circumstance or about somebody else or about I needing God to intervene as so much as it is, I need to get back in alignment with the Lord. Um, so that that's kind of my rhythm right now. Yeah. Well, okay. I love that you said uh, the thing about um, feeling like it, you can almost uh, 
not, I mean, like you can, when you pray out loud, it, it can be a little different. And when you get on paper, it's more honest because mm-hmm. I actually may, it might've been the, uh, an interview I did yesterday. I said the opposite that I feel like I can't lie to myself or, <laughs> or make it pretty whenever I'm talking out loud to God, because I'll just start talking and I'll hear myself. And I'm like, Oh, Valerie, like, do you really mean that? Like it, it makes me think, so I'm glad you said that. So for anybody who did not, or who won't relate to me saying it the other way there, there are, that could just be a difference in personality. So, um, thank you for mentioning that. I hadn't thought of it like that before. Hmm. I love that. And I think you're right. It is a matter of everybody being different. And so it's practicing both and seeing which way you are most honest mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. 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 And you might, you might, something might jump out of like, yeah, whatever, whenever I wrote or whenever I talked, I could just feel like it was more of a show or something like that. Um, yes. Yeah. Figure out what works for you people. Um, <laughs> okay. So now let's, I want to jump into like talking about, um, what prayer looks like praying for our careers or our mm-hmm. companies. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of listeners, some own businesses, some, um, work in, you know, different industry. And I know you guys work with people across the board. Um, so I'd love to just hear, uh, well, first mm-hmm. of all, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, uh, explicitly in the intro, but you wrote a book with Summer Phoebus all mm-hmm. about working differently than the world. And it's called She Works His Way. Um, as Christians, God has called us to work differently than what the world looks like. Um, but to do that, it does require a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, through your membership site, you guys have talked with so many career women. What do you think are some of the most important things that we need to be praying for when it comes to our work? Oh, this is such a good question. And I think honesty with the Lord is most important. And so the book that you just mentioned that I wrote with Summer, one of the things that we've really felt like was important was to add a prayer at the end of every chapter, Mm -hmm. because it is recognizing, okay, here are these truths, but if I know these truths, but I don't come to God and I don't beg him for his power to intervene, to help me to live out these truths, then these words are just words. God's power is what gives his truth like power in our lives. Mm -hmm. He is the power source. And so our prayer was that by starting the conversation with God, that you would continue the conversation with him. And so I think it's a matter of taking everything that we are learning and recognizing, I can't do this on my own. I need the Lord to intervene. I may have said this on our last um, interview that we did, but I'll never forget one of the things that my pastor, Bruce Frank, talked about when he did a sermon on prayer. And he said, everybody tends to think that prayerlessness is a matter of discipline, but truly it is a matter of desperation, Mm -hmm. of recognizing that we need to be desperate for God to intervene. And if we don't recognize how desperate we are for God to intervene, then that reveals so much of the pride that exists in us. And so I think that when I look back at the progression of my prayer life and praying over my work, I think beginning, I would pray more for opportunities 
and outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we should never pray for opportunity. We can never pray for a certain outcome. But when I think about what I know my job is, so my job, what I can be confident that my job is, my job is to love God wholeheartedly with wholehearted devotion and to love others unconditionally in a way that mirrors his love for them. Mm-hmm. My job is to make disciples as I go in the places where God has called me, not looking at the place where God is going to call me is somewhere out there in the future, but recognizing that as a believer, God's hand is on my life right here, right now. And so I don't need to be dreaming about and thinking about what's next. I need to be begging God to be active in my everyday life right now, even if I don't understand where he has me, if I don't want to be where he has me, I still need to look at God's calling on my life is most clear, not where he'll take me someday, but where Mm -hmm. he has me right now. And instead of asking him to do his job, I need to pray to ask him to help me do my job. His job is opportunity. His job is the outcome. And so my job is to be ambitious, to live a quiet life that loves God, loves others and makes disciples. And so if I will pray less about God's job and the things that he is in control of, and I will praise him, number one, for who he is and recognize his movement and his activity in my own life, then what that will do is it will make me grateful for the things that he is providing and the way that he is working, make me aware of his presence, make me aware of his power. And when you are in a posture of recognizing Mm -hmm. God's activity and recognizing his goodness and praising him for what he's doing and being grateful for what he's doing, then it's a lot harder to be resentful about what you think he's not doing or jealous of what he is doing through somebody else, or even just feeling neglected or entitled to something that I don't currently Mm. have. And so I think that in our prayer lives, when it comes to our work, we tend to neglect praise. We tend to, when things are good, go into a, I got this mindset and not have the same posture of dependence and desperation that we have when things are bad. And so that means that we usually neglect the praise, recognizing that he gives every good thing. There's nothing in your life that you have right now that was your doing. God gave you everything that exists in your life right now. And so praising him is something that I think that we neglect. And then I also think that we tend to neglect praying for our role in loving Mm -hmm. him and loving others and praying that the other people that we are coming in contact with will love God and love others. Because that's, if we will pray for our own heart and the hearts of those around us and our hearts get in alignment with the Lord, that is such a bigger impact than merely asking for the accomplishment of a task or that the results will be what I want them to be or come in the way that I think that they should come. And so that's been my challenge to myself is to spend a lot more time in prayer over my heart's posture and my motives 
and my ambition to love God and to love others and to pray over the people that I am coming in contact with through my work, to pray for their heart, to pray for their walk with the Lord, to pray for their soul, and then to really trust in God and his goodness that he will be faithful to do his job. Doesn't mean that I never request a certain outcome. Doesn't mean that I never pray for a certain opportunity. Mm -hmm. But instead of that being the bulk of my prayer, like that can be the afterthought. And the bulk of my energy is going toward asking for God's power to do the part that he has actually called me to do instead of just asking for him or requesting him to do his job in a certain way. That was awesome, Michelle. I feel like you just preached to us. Uh, but I'm going to, I want to point out a few things that you said that I feel like are, I like I'm literally taking notes right now. The first thing was that this is an example, you know, in the whole book, she works his way. It talks about like just a counter, a counter way to do things. And I'm all I could think of was the girl boss and the confidence mm. that like the world wants women business owners to have or business, you know, like people in, in, I'm going to keep saying business owners just cause that's what I I'm used to, but it's, I mean, for everybody in the, in the workforce, I guess, but, um, it, you know, we're just called for, to have this confidence when we come in mm-hmm. and you're, you're literally saying, and, uh, you know, going back to the quote about from Bruce Frank, and, and this is something I feel like we talk about a lot is like the number one ingredient to have is a desperation for the Lord. If you don't yes. feel desperate for him, you're not going to go to him. If you think you could do it on your own, if you think you can pay for it, if you think one call will take care of something, you're not going to go to God with it. So I think just highlighting how counter that is to the world is, mm. is so necessary because we do want to, you know, it's like, obviously we want to have confidence in business and everything like that, but we want it to come from the Lord from we want it to come from having that desperation for the Lord. Um, and then the idea of praying, like, I'm just thinking like opportunities and outcomes and the opposite of, um, just asking the Lord to, to like praying for what he's doing right here and right now is Mm -hmm. very hard in a, in a, if you're ambitious, if you're in business, if you're, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, we desire what's ahead. And it is so easy to forget that God is calling to us something right now. And it's, it creates a lot of discontentment in our heart and Mm. it creates a lot of striving that he's not calling us to. So I think that was beautifully said. And it reminded me actually of, um, I have the book piercing heaven. It's like a book of Puritan prayers Mm. and I'm blown away reading their prayers because they, they just, they're not sitting here going, you know, Lord, help us to have a good day. Help us to have, um, you know, a smooth, whatever at work or whatever it is They They literally pray, Lord, help me to obey you. Lord, mm-hmm. give me the strength to, you know, not sin today. Like whatever it is, it's just so counter. And I think, um, what you're saying just reminded me of that, that, that mm-hmm. heart of just going to God asking him what he can help you do in your life instead of just Lord do this, do this, do this. And then getting angry at God when we, when it doesn't work like that. So I hope that's encouraging to somebody who maybe just feels, um, like they are, they're like, I'm praying for all these things and I'm not seeing God, you know, like just Mm. take this different approach and see what the Lord can do with that. And, and the praise aspect too. I think, I think you're right. We, 
we neglect that so much. And I think often our eyes cannot see what he's already doing because we don't have a heart of praise. We have a heart of, let me wait and see what you're going to do instead of just knowing he's already doing something. So that was good stuff, Michelle. And that takes so much of the pressure off of us too, because if we tend to think I bring God's presence with me instead of recognizing God is already at work, wherever you're going, if that's the grocery store, if that is a difficult client meeting, whatever it is, like God is already working and all you have to do is join him in the work that he's already doing. You're not creating it. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, So I, and you kind of answered some of this. So if you have any other thoughts, let us know, but if not, we can move on. But what, what things do we tend to focus more on praying for? I know you said the opportunities, was there anything Mm -hmm. else that you think this is what we often pray for? um, But there's more, more that we could be praying for in a different way. I think it's, I don't know that I want to put everybody in a generalization, but I think Mm -hmm. listening to your prayers and thinking about what you're praying for and asking yourself, am I praying for what I want or Mm -hmm. am I praying for what God wants? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would say anybody could look at and go, I know that I want this and I can list the reasons why I want this. And if the reasons why you want it come back to you, your own gain, your own anything, and they don't directly, not indirectly, but directly point to the glory of God, then that usually means that we're praying in a way that benefits us. And we have to position ourselves to pray in a way that benefits the Lord, trusting that his ways are higher than ours, that he works in ways that we don't won't even be capable of understanding, which is a really good thing because a God that we could fully figure out would not be worthy of our worship. And so because he is so much higher than us, because we don't fully understand, that actually can drive us to deeper trust of him. And so I think I would just examine your motives and the why behind and aim for it to be a surrendered heart posture that says, God, I trust you to do what you want. And what you want is what I want, even if I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, we, I feel like we covered that well. I hope, um, yeah, that encourages people if they're, not sure what to pray for. Those are definitely things to be thinking about. Um, what about things that we tend to neglect praying for? Um, like I know Mm -hmm. we kind of covered that too, but is there anything else there that you'd, you'd want to mention? I did a quick read. So I, I go back and forth in how I'm studying in scripture and At the beginning of the year, I did a very, very quick, not deep study, but just a quick read of Paul's letters. Mm, Yeah. And when you look at Paul's letters and you see the things that he's writing about and the things that he is praying for, they're named. Like even in the book of Romans, a place that he wrote a letter to, he wrote a letter to Rome before he ever got to go there. And the last chapter of Romans has almost 30 names, if I remember correctly, of very specific people that were believers in Rome. And so when we pray, I think that our prayers should be very personal in nature. And if they're personal in nature, then they should have faces to them and people that we are lifting up to the Lord. Because 
God's assignments, if you really think about the things that he's called us to do, again, going back to love God and love others, mm-hmm. that's like the, the bulk of our energy is what we're supposed to do in loving God and loving others. Then what that means is the assignments that he gives us are probably going to come more so in people form than in task form. Yeah. And so praying for people, praying for God to do what he wants in the lives of people who are around us, asking him to bring people into our path that need a fresh touch of encouragement from him, asking him to give us his eyes so that we will see people the way that he Mm -hmm. sees them. And so praying in, in people form is something that I would encourage you to do. Um, I have a list or not really a list. It's actually, they're post-it notes on the back of my office door of like people that God lays on my heart. And when I need a break from my screen, I will go over there, grab a few of those post-it notes and just pray for the people that God has put in my life. And I think that would be such a powerful way for you to love other people is praying God's power over their life. I'm going to do that, Michelle. I love that you said that because that's just such a, a, we love practical tips here. So Mm -hmm. that's just such a practical way to, and I even think like, even if you're working on something and you're exhausted and just to, yeah, to get that human element of knowing, um, you know, like who you, who you are affecting, like with the work that you're doing, or Mm. like you said, just people that God puts on your heart to pray for. Um, I do love that. Cause I think, you know, we can even like, I'm just thinking of bigger issues, like going on in the world, like we can pray for really big global things and maybe tend to forget the, Mm. just the small daily things. And that, that probably would help us live more in the here and now. Um, if we were, if we brought it down a little bit, you know, like if you think about, you know, big issues, like if we pray for Haiti every month, you know, like these are long-term goals, like it's not going to change today. Um, but, but to, to bring it down into that smaller, smaller space and connecting what we're doing today with, with somebody's life today Mm -hmm. is like, that just honestly helps me to relax in the striving of, ministry or doing things, you know? Yes. So I, I love that. I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I haven't been in my office all summer either, but (laughs) I, I have a, a little board, like a little calendar and I'm, I'm thinking right there, I'm going to put some post-its and, and do that as well. Cause I think that's just such a, a sweet idea. And, you know, we know where to take breaks and that's just a really intentional way to take a break. So, yep. Good, good practical stuff. Yay. Um, okay. So how do we not run ahead of God? And Oof. I know, um, we actually have a book that I've been working on for years. Like I think since 2018, it was Hang supposed on. to come out. Oh. Do I remember the title? Is this the, uh, lead not driven? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. It's finally coming. I'm getting the proof, uh, back this in a couple of weeks and we'll have it this winter or this fall or whatever. But, um, I, this is, this is my heart's desire. And this is something like the Lord has taught me a lot about, but I'm still, I'm still on this journey for it. But how do we not run ahead of Mm. God when we are ambitious, we're excited. We love what we do, or we just, we want to grow. We want to do things. How do we not Mm. run ahead of him? And how do we not just not run ahead of him, but how do we not feel like we're not being held back? Because I think often we can feel that like maybe we will not run ahead of God, but we'll feel 
so held back instead of just embracing his pace with things. Mm, I love that. So I think sometimes some of the verses and passages that are the most familiar to us are the hardest ones for us to really think about what they mean. Mm -hmm. And so in Galatians five, there's a phrase about staying in step with the spirit that we probably have all heard. Can we all quote in conversation? But if you really think about what it takes to stay in step with somebody else, what you have to do is you have to watch their feet. You have to watch where they're going. You have to get your foot to match their foot, which is eyes fixed and eyes focused, not being distracted by the other things that are happening around you. And so if we take that analogy of what we know what it would take to actually stay in step and to think about what that means, then that means for us that how we don't run ahead or lag behind God is that we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And so by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, what that means is we are A, focusing more on what Jesus has done for us than what we are doing. And we are simply trying to emulate what Jesus has done instead of trying to blaze our own trail or create our own path. Because there is a finish line and our eyes can be focused on him. It's also a rhythm of when you are staying in step with somebody to where you kind of get going on this normal pace. And it doesn't mean there's, cause there's, it's a quick obedience and a quick watch. So if that person stops, then you stop. If that person speeds up, you speed up, but that is going to take you never taking your eyes off of the thing that you need to be focused on instead of looking around. Cause if you look around, you're going to get off. And so Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for us is staying focused on Jesus and not allowing ourselves to be distracted by so many other things that compete for our focus, compete for our attention, compete for our desire, compete for our affection. And if you will genuinely just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and what he has done, then I think it makes it easier to elevate him and to follow him instead of trying to figure out your own pace or your own path. Mm-hmm. No, that's so good, Michelle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking lots of thoughts about that. But um, <laughs> well, I just I mean, know think I- about okay. the example of Jesus when he when he lived. You know, he was he was on mission, but he was never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. He went out of his way to pursue the one he would get interrupted. And instead of, you know, quote, being like off task, like he would minister and he wasn't always, he was consumed with his mission, not his schedule. Yes. Yes. Yep. And I think we can get focused on tasks and focused on our schedule. And in doing so, you can lose sight of the mission in that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like it just all comes back to this is why if we try to do our work without prayer, without this conversation with the Lord, we are going to get so far off on just a different path because everything else looks so shiny, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is not um, humility and doing the here and now and having, having just like this attitude of just 
praise when we aren't sure what's going on. All of that just is so counterculture to what we, what we want to do. So, um, I think that's really encouraging. And, um, I just, I love you, Michelle. I'm I'm grateful mm-hmm. so much for your example. Um, I know you always encourage me, um, especially when it comes to business of just, just how to, how to run Valmarie paper. So you mean oh. a lot to me and tell our <laughs> listeners where they can find you and yeah. Yeah. So go to sheworkshisway.com. We love inviting women into the network because mm-hmm. we love getting to know you and getting to know the women who are there and being able to pray for each other and to spur one another on to what God has done, um, in each other, like seeing what God is doing in the life of somebody else is such a beautiful thing in the kingdom of God. And so we love being able to do that. So if you come to sheworkshisway.com, we're also on social media on Tuesdays. Uh, Val already told you about our books. We do. I have another uh, book coming out this fall. I'm starting a series called Conversational Commentary because I love God's word. I love going straight to the text, thinking about, okay, what was this? What did this mean then? And then how does this keep us focused on the gospel now? Because all of scripture is one story. It tells mm-hmm. one story, it lifts high one name. And so being able to look through, every book of the Bible through the lens of how this helps me live for the gospel today. Um, that makes me really, really excited. And so the first book in that series is coming out this fall and it's actually on Ecclesiastes, which is nobody's favorite book of the Bible. (laughs) Um, but I would love the opportunity to change your mind. Yeah. I I would love the opportunity to change your mind because (laughs) if you had told me five years ago that I would be in a place where I would say Ecclesiastes is my favorite book of the Bible, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, But it truly right now, um, it is something that is just very personal to me Mm -hmm. that God used in a very special way. Um, so that, that is going to be a conversational commentary on Ecclesiastes wisdom to live for heaven while on earth. Awesome. And that's That's going to come out this fall. Maybe we can launch a book on the same day this year again. Oh, girl. Oh, blood not driven. I was like, ah, that'll be wild. But yes, yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that again. That would be awesome. Well, and I'll just encourage you guys, if y'all, if y'all were encouraged by this conversation, definitely check out the, um, the, the membership, because I know it it is a community of women who are running in the same direction that you're running. So I feel like that is hard to find. I feel like I had talked to so many women just looking for that community, looking for that, you know, a mastermind, a conversation with others like that. So mm-hmm. check it out if that's something that you desire, um, because it is solid. It is solid stuff. Um, Michelle, will you close mm-hmm. us in prayer? Yes, I would love to. I would love to. God, we love you so much. Um, God, we just praise you for who you are, praise you for the work that you are doing in the world. God, your glory, it really does. It is all around us. Um, But God, we confess that it is easy to get distracted. It is mind boggling to me to think that sometimes I feel like the world is shiny because in comparison to you, Lord, the world is dull. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. Everything that it offers is a counterfeit offer that is not wrapped up in you. And God, I don't, I don't want what's not from you. And so God, I just pray that you would continue to open our eyes to help us to see you in new and fresh ways to see the work that you are doing in us and around us as living and active. And God, for us to be willing to join you in the work that you are already doing. And so God, to see 
you and your work and your power on display, God. It is, it is a blessing and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because I'm looking around for something else to satisfy me. And so God, I pray that you would just continue to be who you are <laughs> to all of us, Lord, that we would um, just fall more and more in love with you and that we would deepen our walk with you, that you would quicken our obedience and that you would steady our confidence, not in what we can do, but God, in what has been done for us and that our obedience would be a response to what you have done, God. Um, God, not a not an obedience that is reluctant, but God, one that is excited, excited about what you have done, excited about the future that we have in heaven. And God, just in awe that you allow us to be part of your story. And so God, I pray for the women who are listening here, God, for the the work that you are doing in their hearts, for the people that you have put around them, the people that you put around them in their home, the people that you put around them in their work, the people that you put around them in their church, the people that you've put around them in their community, Lord. God, help us to truly live our lives with an as-you-go posture that recognizes that everywhere you put us is not an accident that you put us there, you placed us there, and you placed us there to love you and to love others in a way that reflects the love that you initiated with us. God, that is not always easy, but God, it is much easier when we submit to your power instead of trying to live in our own. And so God, quiet the things that compete for our attention by being louder in our lives, by helping us just pay attention to who you are. And so, God, we love you, we trust you, and it's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Michelle.